Jesus said to the disciples, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And the repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending you upon, your, you, upon you what my father promised, to stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Now, it's probably partly a function of it falling on a Thursday and being poorly attended, although thank you all very much for arriving today, um, that the wonder of Christ's ascension is overlooked. It tends to get bundled up with the resurrection, so two for the price of one, um, rather than being treated as an event in its own right. But in case you didn't know it already, Easter Day and Pentecost are separated, or sorry, Easter day and today are separated by 40 days. And the number 40 is something that crops up a lot in the Bible. At the flood, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness before attending flocks before he was called from the burning bush. Moses then spent 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai, Later, he interceded on Israel's behalf for 40 days and 40 nights. In the law, the maximum number of lashes you could receive as punishment for a crime was 40. The Israelite spies took 40 days to spy out Canaan, and then the Israelites wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Before Samson was delivered, he served the Philistines for 40 years. And Goliath taunted Saul's army for 40 days before David arrived to finish him off. Now, that number 40, I've heard people say, it just means a sort of longish time. But that number also appears in the prophecies of Ezekiel and Jonah. And when Elijah fled Jezebel, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Horeb. And of course, and most obviously, Jesus fasted 40 days and nights in the wilderness. Now, if you look at all these examples, whether or not they were exactly 40 years or 40 days, they were all times of testing and trial. But the idea that the time between Jesus' resurrection and ascension is a time of testing and trial had never occurred to me until today. After all, we celebrate this period in the church's calendar. We celebrate the resurrection. Having the Paschal candle lit every Sunday, we deck our church with flowers, our altars with gold and white. 
and we are definitely not supposed to fast. I don't know about you, but I've only just finished my Easter eggs. I think it must still have been a strange time, the first time, for the disciples. They'd buried Jesus, then seen him alive, but only ever on Jesus's terms, from time to time, he would appear suddenly and leave suddenly. Sometimes he wasn't even polite enough to knock on the door, just come straight through the wall. It must have been a bit disturbing, I think. And they must have known from the way that he was talking that, you know, this wasn't going to go on forever. He talked about leaving them and things. Plus, they still clearly didn't get it. From our reading today, one of them asks, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? What's clear about the end of all the other 40 periods of 40 is that it divides time pre and post that ending. The rain was God's judgment. The drying signaled a new covenant. 40 years as a shepherd ended, and then Moses was called as a leader. Jesus left the desert ready to start his ministry. So what was happening in those 40 days for the disciples? I wonder if they were being quietly made ready to be hungry for the Spirit. Hungry for the Spirit they were about to receive another 10 days hence. Jesus' ascension signaled a new era in human history in terms of how God was going to deal with his people and with the world. Instead of God working from time to time on specially anointed individuals, and then, of course, through Jesus himself, God's Spirit was soon to be available to all who called. But let's not make the mistake of rushing ahead to Pentecost. I was told at um, Theological College that every church ought to have a sergeant major who goes, wait for it, wait for it as people rush from Lent to Easter and, you know, they're anticipating. And the clergy, of course, you're already planning Easter when you've just started Lent, you know, it's just inevitable. If we forget the ascension, we forget that through it, Jesus became our great high priest, that the very presence of that scarred and glorious human body with God providing intercession on our behalf if we forget the ascension, we forget the great hope we have that one day our weak bodies will be like his glorious body, even if scarred. If we forget the ascension, we forget the hope of justice, that the same Jesus who ascended will return as judge and king. If we forget the ascension, we forget the hope of the restoration of the earth, for just as Jesus didn't sort of shrug off his humanity like an old coat to get on with the task of being the exalted son of God, but took our humanity into the very presence of God, so God remains committed to restoring his creation, not throwing it up or screwing it into a ball and throwing it away and starting again. If we forget the ascension, we can forget the reason why we should have confidence in our witness. Because our master 
occupies a place where all things are subject to his rule and all people are subject to his oversight, which includes all the places we inhabit and all the people we encounter every day. And now a phrase with which you're all getting probably too familiar. I'm going to end by reading a sonnet by Malcolm Geit. This one for Ascension Day, taken from his book, Sounding the Seasons. We saw his light break through the cloud of glory. Whilst we were rooted still in time and space. As earth became part of heaven's story and heaven opened to his human face. We saw him go and yet we were not parted. He took us with him to the heart of things the heart that broke for all the broken-hearted is whole and heaven-centered now and sings, sings in the strength that rises out of weakness, sings through the clouds that veil him from our sight, whilst we ourselves become his clouds of witnesses and sing the waning darkness into light. His light in us, and ours in him concealed, which all creation waits to see revealed. <laughs>